98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The top stories. The government says people can book BioNTech jabs from next week after almost 600,000 doses reach the SAR. A US report blames the Saudi crown prince for the death of a distant journalist but stops short of sanctioning him. And President Biden says an attack by US warplanes on Iran-backed Shia militia groups in Syria is a warning to Tehran. A shipment of almost 600,000 doses of the BioNTech coronavirus vaccine has reached the SAR after a two-day delay. It's the second vaccine to arrive in the city, although it was the first to be approved by Hong Kong authorities. Wendy Wong has more. A total of 585,000 doses of BioNTech coronavirus vaccine arrived in Hong Kong this morning. In a statement, a government spokesman said online appointments will be open next week for people to book BioNTech shots at seven vaccination centres across the city. The government has ordered a million doses of coronavirus vaccines from the German drug maker, and a spokesman said the remaining doses will be delivered early next month. Just over a week ago, a million Sinovac doses were flown in from Beijing, one day after it was approved for use in Hong Kong. Unlike other vaccines, the BioNTech jabs need to be stored at extremely low temperatures, and the government has arranged for the doses to be properly stored in freezers at minus 70 degrees Celsius. A panel of U.S. experts, which advises the U.S. government, has recommended that the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine can be safely used. A White House senior advisor said the Food and Drug Administration will meet later today to approve the single-use jab, with the first shipments expected on Monday. It's the third vaccine to become available in the United States. The head of Canada's largest pension fund, Mark Machin, has resigned after he broke the country's travel guidelines by flying to Dubai to receive a COVID-19 vaccine. The $370 billion US dollar Canada Pension Plan Investment Board named John Graham as its new head. Canada's finance ministry said it was disappointed by Mr Machin's actions, which it called troubling. Mr Machin is the second senior Canadian corporate executive to resign after attempting to jump the vaccine queue, underscoring the frustration among some about the country's slow vaccine rollout. A newly released US intelligence report says the Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman approved a plan to capture or kill the distant journalist Jamal Khashoggi, who was murdered in the kingdom's consulate in Istanbul in 2018. The report said this conclusion was based on the Crown Prince's absolute control of the security apparatus and his willingness to use violence to silence critics. The BBC's Barbara Plett Usher has more details. President Biden has had to weigh carefully how to proceed, even though the U.S. has now publicly named Mohammed bin Salman as responsible for the murder. His administration decided not to sanction the powerful crown prince. The diplomatic cost of penalizing the man who will be king of an important ally was too high. Instead, it took action against lower-level officials and imposed new deterrence on the targeting of dissidents. Mr. Biden says to expect further steps on Monday, but the aim is to recalibrate, not rupture, the relationship. Saudi Arabia has completely rejected the report, and the top trending tweet in the country is, We are all Mohammed bin Salman. President Joe Biden has said Iran cannot act with impunity following Thursday's attack by U.S. warplanes on facilities in eastern Syria controlled by Iran-backed Shia militia groups. At least 17 people were reported killed. The Pentagon spokesman John Kirby said it was a proportionate response to a rocket attack by pro-Iran forces on U.S. positions in Iraq. We believe that this was a deliberate and proportionate attack, a, a strike on infrastructure that we know was being utilized by the groups responsible for these recent attacks. There was a high degree of confidence that those were the right groups 
and that hitting this uh, compound was the right approach. Myanmar's representative to the United Nations has urged other countries not to recognize the military takeover of his country. Chamo Tun said no one should cooperate with the Burmese army until it handed back power to the elected government. Here's the BBC's Paul Adams. This was a remarkable show of defiance by Myanmar's UN ambassador. Chamo Tun urged the entire world to stop the military coup. The UN, he said, should use any means necessary to support the people of Myanmar, people who he said had shown their eagerness and attachment to democracy. The coup, he said, must fail. The ambassador said he represented Aung San Suu Kyi's civilian-led government and at one point held up three fingers, a gesture adopted by anti-coup protesters. As he finished, applause echoed across the General Assembly. You're listening to RTHK. The time is almost exactly five minutes past one. Animal experts in Spain say nearly 900 young bulls held on board a ship for nearly three months with little food will have to be destroyed. The BBC's Yusuf Taha has more. The vets say the animals had suffered for too long after the Lebanese-flagged vessel, Karim Allah, was refused entry at several Mediterranean ports. It started its journey in the Spanish port of Cartagena and roamed the Mediterranean in search of a buyer for the animals. But this proved impossible because of fear the cattle had contracted bovine blue-tongue virus. The ship has now returned to Cartagena, which has suspended exports of livestock. A second ship, the El Bake, which also left Spain in mid-December with eight 1,800 calves is facing similar difficulties. It is now moored off the Cypriot port of Famagusta. More than 400 prisoners are on the run in Haiti after they escaped from a jail on the outskirts of the capital, Port-au-Prince. The jail held more than 1,500 prisoners before the breakout, almost double its normal capacity. The BBC's Leonardo Rocha has more details. The authorities said the breakout left 25 people dead, including the prison director. They said that many of the victims were civilians who were caught up in the violence. The Haitian government said that a powerful gang leader, Arnel Joseph, was probably one of the leaders of the prison riot leading to the escape. They said he had tried to escape from the high security compound twice before, but had failed. This time he succeeded, only to be shot hours later at a police roadblock in the north of the country. The Nigerian president, Muhammadu Buhari, has warned the kidnappers of more than 300 schoolgirls that his government won't give in to blackmail. He described those behind the latest abductions as bandits. Here's the BBC's Mayeni Jones. He reiterated what his administration has been saying for years. They won't negotiate with kidnappers. But despite this assertion, mass abductions of school children are on the rise. And this latest one in the town of Jangebe is eerily reminiscent of the kidnapping of 276 girls from the town of Chibok in 2014. Mr Buhari said he would not rest until all the Chibok students were found. But over 100 are still missing and now more children have joined their ranks. Sports now, and for a look ahead to this weekend's football action in the English Premier League, here's the BBC's John Bennett. Is this the weekend when Liverpool finally put an end to their shock-losing run? The defending champions have suffered four straight defeats in the Premier League to drop out of the title race. Their hopes of qualifying for the Champions League next season are also hanging in the balance because they're down in sixth place, five points below the top four. So the match against bottom of the table, Sheffield United, is a must-win. Premier League leaders Manchester City can make it an astonishing 20 wins in a row in all competitions if they beat in-form West Ham, who have defied pre-season predictions so far. 
The Hammers are in fourth place and have put themselves in contention to qualify for European competition for the first time in five years. Two teams who had very different weeks in the Europa League meet at the King Power Stadium. Leicester were knocked out by Slavia Prague. Arsenal scored a late winner against Benfica. Meanwhile, fifth-placed Chelsea host second-placed Manchester United. And it's a big weekend for clubs in the relegation battle. Third from bottom, Fulham, are three points from safety going into the game against London rivals Crystal Palace. Newcastle are just above the drop zone and face Wolverhampton Wanderers. And Brighton aren't safe yet. They're away to second from bottom, West Brom. Golf now and four-time major champion Brooks Kepka fired seven birdies in a six-under par 66 to seize a one-shot second-round lead in the World Golf Championships Workday Championship. The former world number one seeking his second win this month after struggling with injury had an 11-under par total of 133 at Concession Golf Club in Bradenton, Florida. The three players on his tail at 10-under included reigning PGA champion Colin Morikawa with an impressive 8-under par 64. Also in 134 was Australian Cameron Smith, who posted a 66, and American Billy Horshaw with a 67. Meanwhile, 15-time major winner Tiger Woods is reportedly recovering and in good spirits after successful follow-up procedures on injuries from a car accident on Tuesday. A statement posted to his Twitter account thanked his fans for their messages of support, but added it was unlikely to have any further updates for now. Woods, considered one of the greatest golfers of his generation, overcame numerous surgeries to break an 11-year major drought and win the 2019 Masters, and had hoped to compete at Augusta in April. To end the news, top stories once again. The government says people can book BioNTech jabs from next week after almost 600,000 doses reached the SAR. A US report blames the Saudi crown prince for the death of a dissident journalist but stops short of sanctioning him. And President Biden says an attack by US warplanes on Iran-backed Shia militia groups in Syria is a warning to Tehran. The news from RTHK. I was just reminded by Miss Sue that today, well, depending on where you're at, today as in U.S. today, it's the man in black's birthday. Yes, he would have been 89 years old today. So here you are, Mr. Cash. I walk the line. heart of mine I keep my eyes wide open all the time I keep the ends out for the tie that binds because you're mine I walk the line I find it very very easy to be true I find myself alone when each day's through Yes, I'll admit that I'm a fool for you Because you're mine, I walk the line As sure as night is dark and day is light I keep you on my mind both day and night And happiness I've known proves that it's right Because you're mine, 
activities to my daily life. Let's move for health. You can do it too. Do at least two hours and 30 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity such as brisk walking every week. Or do at least one hour and 15 minutes of vigorous intensity physical activity such as running each week. To know more, visit chp.gov.hk. Be strong. Together we can fight the virus. Radio 3. Got a couple requests in here from David, Mr. Bright Spark himself. In a little bit, we'll hear something from Sparks. But here's Jasper Carrot, Funky Moped, right here on Radio 3 with me, classic Michael Lance. One dance together, then she said, I've got to go now. I brushed away a teardrop and followed her outside. With a longed yawn on a cycle Was waiting to gear a ride I'll never forget that flick she went with Telling me to better leave town Cos as soon as me mouthpits front wood guard is fixed Gonna find the creep and put him down Down, down When I get me mouthpits Tell me where to go, no, when I'll get me moped out on the 